Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I am your host, Will McFadden. Joining me, as always, after a Falcons game is former Falcons fullback, Ovi Mahaley, who can't fit into his old helmet. Ovi, <laughs> how you doing, man? I've heard about, you know, saying I'll be able to fit into your own, like, jersey because you got a little bigger. I didn't know your head can get fat to where all your helmets can't fit. <laughs> this is painful, man. Like, I, I got all my old school uh, Falcons helmets and signed by by the uh, the old 2011 squad and I can't fit at all so I I, I wanted to (laughs) be cool like you'd have a costume but uh my head is not uh on board for that 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 that's true for for those who are not watching on YouTube which I highly recommend go check that out you get to see what Ovi and I look like when we when we're uh sharing thoughts on the game but damn good is what we look like damn good damn damn good and uh (laughs) so today in honor of Halloween I am uh, dressed as Bradley Bradshaw, a.k.a. Rooster, from the phenomenal film Top Gun Maverick. So Ovi was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to dress as a football player. <laughs> Went and tried to grab one of his old helmets, and uh, it, it, it did not work, did it? It didn't work. Sounded good on paper. <laughs> it did. It did. I was I was so on board. I was ready for you to do the whole uh, podcast with a helmet on. Kind of like, uh, what was it, That 70s Show, where they would put the, the helmet on, um, mm-hmm. I think somebody who was being stupid anyway uh, not that you're stupid Ovi not at all you're smart of course Very. especially about football which is what we're here to talk about today the Falcons got a win I have a lot of thoughts on this game um, they're not most of them are not positive in fact I am very curious to hear what what you have to say you were at the game I kind of want to get what the vibe was in the building yeah. all of that good stuff we're going to dive into the entirety of the game uh, right after this Basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for hoops betting and all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether we're talking NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's that easy. Just make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. BetOnline. Where the game starts. All right, so Ovi, I, I just want to start like watching a game like this, which back and forth, mm-hmm. close. Um, it feels so weird to me that this game was thirty-seven to thirty-four because it does not feel like it should have been nope. that high scoring. Seventy-one combined points, like they just yeah. smashed the over. What is it like watching this game as a former player? Because so many mistakes were made on on both sides, but so, one team had to win the game. Somebody had to. My gosh, like we didn't deserve to win that game. We, we didn't no. deserve to. Did not deserve to win the game. And it, hate, <laughs> it, it sucks to say that because you want your team to win, but you know I always feel like 
we, we would have learned more by losing that game and, and proving to mm-hmm. ourselves we can't make dumb mistakes. And but it, it was a, a war of attrition, and you could tell that our DBs weren't you know full time starters and supposed to be there on the field as the first line of defense because we were getting. And this wasn't Joe Burrow that was doing this to us. It, we, it was, you know, PJ. No, PJ Walker. Yeah, and, and he was still cutting us up. And we weren't in the right position. We weren't stopping uh, the pass game like I would like us to. And they didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of weapons outside of DJ, PJ and DJ. Um, I, I, I don't feel comfortable that we could go and get into a wildcard playoff and do anything. And – I have to remind myself I'm not supposed to feel comfortable. This is a rebuilding year. It's not <laughs> a, a year where we're supposed to be even winning more than two games. But it's yeah. hard as a competitor. It's hard as a former player to be right there. And, and you know, hats off to, hats off to the Falcons. Uh, gave us great seats. It was a alumni weekend. Got to see a lot of my boys, uh, Mike Turner and Jerry's. We were all uh, sitting. We had to talk about <laughs> uh you know old times back in the day in, in this position yeah. what we do so it was it was really fun at the game and you couldn't help but be excited because it was a high scoring game it was a back and forth game with some big plays we saw some names that you know we didn't think would be uh highlighted out there just doing the darn thing and so it was fun and i feel bad for the kicker for the panthers because he's the only reason why we came out with a w Eddie Pinero, um, yes, that uh, former Florida kicker. Uh, it Poor was Panthers not his day. I, I, I did, I did feel bad for him, but also, you know, make make your make your damn kick, dude. Yeah. like that. That's what that's what you're there to do. Job. Do your job, but you hate to see like when it when it is so much on just one player. And this mm-hmm. is actually something that I think the Falcons and. There are plenty of teams in the NFL that are like this because it is it's a whole style of of PR approach and and team and all of that stuff. The Falcons have made it such a point when talking about game winning kicks to call out long snapper Liam McCullough, holder Bradley Pinion, like young way Koo. Basically, they were just like, how does it feel to, you know, like, what is your mindset going into these game winning kicks? And he was like, well, first off, got to say. It's Liam McCullough's first game-winning snap. And I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be one of these, like, answer. Like, we're, we're going to just kind of totally deflect the positivity. But it <laughs> sucks when you're the one that misses. And it's like, yep, that that's... Like, he could be cut tomorrow yeah. because of that. Like, that's how yeah. bad that was. And yeah. to miss the extra point right before that Dude. to even get it over, which I... DJ Moore taking his helmet off, like, that was kind of a weird penalty. Like, I get letter of the law that that's a penalty, but he was, you know, flagged for celebrating after the the deep touchdown. And, you know, like I, I kind of think that that was ticky tacky. So yes, the Falcons kind of escaped, but they did get a win and they mm-hmm. are four and four and they are first place in the NFC South. How about so that? How about yeah. That? So like how, how much are Falcons fans allowed to celebrate this win? Oh, take advantage, take full advantage of this. If you're a Falcons fan, <laughs> you should be out the right there answer. celebrating, getting the adult beverages, getting lathered up and enjoying this because this was not supposed to happen. This may go south in the next couple of games. Uh, this is a moment in time where we are actually getting more than what we deserve. Yeah, so celebrate this. Enjoy this. Uh, I was high-fiving people. and Actually, I take it back. I left early because my wife went to go see uh, the New Jack City play uh, at Infinite Arena. And so she went with her <laughs> girlfriend and I had to come back straight from the game to watch the kids. So 
I left right before, um, well, after the interception from Marcus Mariota. So I was in overtime. Surprise when I was looking at my phone and I was like, wait, what happened? Wait, what's going on? (laughs) And so I I started to backtrack and, and, you know, catch up. I was like, wow, Falcons, they got a gift, a a, a gift from uh, up above to get this W. So what you're saying, Ovi, is is you're the problem. It, it's you. No to paraphrase. Uh, maybe. A, a... <laughs> I, I don't know, man. But, but I, if that's going to be the thing, I won't watch the critical times for games moving forward. But I was so surprised when I came back and we had a W rather than an L because I was um, not expecting that. How do you miss kicks that are right right there? But hey, it, it, it's about it's about time something good happens to us because we can you know talk about all the times where we get screwed over like the Grady Jarrett stuff with the Tom yep. Brady and, yep. and, you know, and, you know, uh, um, our, our DB number 24 try, trying to get his hands on receivers and they call tic tac fouls. So that's usually our lot in life. So we'll take this. We will. Yeah. And, and, and that's a great way to kind of put it is these are the breaks, right? Sometimes they go your way. Sometimes yep. they don't go your way. Usually playoff teams have more breaks go their way then they don't. Mm-hmm. You brought up, right. you know, even if the Falcons make the wild card team, and I think that kind of one of the reasons why I'm bullish on them to actually make the playoffs, either as a division winner, like I said, mm-hmm. first place division Crazy. right now, or as a wild card team, is also the exact same reason why I don't like their chances in the playoffs at all. And you can kind of speak to this a little bit more, is <clears throat> the Falcons do have an identity. They do have one thing that they can lean on at yep. any given time, and it's the run game. And we saw it again today, and, and it kind of doesn't matter who it is. Is it Cordero Patterson, who looked awesome in week one? And the Falcons are going to be a much better team when they get him back in a, in a couple of weeks. But Caleb Huntley was kind of the start of day. Tyler Algier had a few great runs of his own. We've seen Avery Williams kind of be effective out of the backfield. So they have that part of their game that they can lean on, which in the regular season is more than most teams have. Yeah, every team right now is kind of finding, all right, what can we be? Because when the chips are down in the NFL, like you have to have something that you can do better than the other team can defend it if you want to win in this league. But when you get to the playoffs, you have to have three, four, five of those things. You have to be a chameleon as a team because the other team is going to take away what you want to do. So even if the Falcons make the playoffs, and again, I, I'm kind of bullish on that because their run game can so, be a little bit of an anchor for them. Teams can take that away in the playoffs and yeah. and the Falcons are going to lose games 24 to three because they're just not going to be able to move. The, like the playoffs are a whole different animal. Yeah. How much do we expect? Because Kyle Pitts got going a little bit today. <clears throat> yeah. Do you expect the Falcons to become more of what we've seen offensively or do you expect them to grow and evolve? I've been waiting for this uh, evolution from caterpillar to a butterfly for so long. And I've been waiting <laughs> game after game for maybe this is a game where we, you know, we got the run game. It's not going anywhere, but we have the run game and Marcus just opens up and he gets comfortable and Drake London and Kyle Pitts and all of our, you know, amazingly, you know, not random, but you know, the number three, <laughs> the four, Demir five birds, guys that you the, know, yeah. yeah, you, you just aren't expecting that. You know, uh, Alameda Zaccheaus is becoming a household name to where he's becoming dependable as just a, a great player at his spot catching the ball. And I, I love what's happening to 
our, our, our receiving core, because, again, Drake and Kyle are, are the, the marquee names. We have a lot of guys stepping up to where I'm like, if we get a quarterback that is consistently accurate and feels comfortable going deep and just turns to a, <laughs> a little laser pointer and have to shoot in some beams, we got something. And Marcus is he's getting there. He's not quiet. He's game managing. Then he's throwing an interception. Then he's scrambling and hitting some pretty nice plays. Then he's looking uncomfortable. And I get it. I understand. We don't have you know Matthew Stafford or we don't have you know Tom Brady of old. Like I get it. But it's hard to not wish for more in our passing game because you feel like we're starting to show that the guys who are receiving the ball want more, can do more, can handle more. And the guy who's throwing the ball is 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 not quite there and may never get there. And, and we got to be okay with that. That's a hard thing to swallow that there is no more to come. That's that that's it. We've we've tapped out. We're, we're at our peak. And so I feel like, you know, if, if by some magical method we can kind of crank up Mariota and get him uh, to where the receivers are trying to push him to, we might be a little dangerous in the playoffs, but that's that's a wish that that might not come true. So if we do get there, it'll be a nice thing to check uh, in a box. Oh, 100%. It's not, yeah. it's not going to be a, uh, you know, the Falcons could be a dark horse. No, stop that. Stop. <laughs> stop it. You're doing too much. Get to the playoffs. We're, we're already pushing it. It, it could happen, but a dark horse to win the Super Bowl? Stop it. Like, this this ain't, ain't that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, Marcus Marcus has orchestrated a couple of of uh, surprise playoff victories, God, but yeah. but I think the Tennessee teams are a perfect example of kind of what I'm talking about. Derrick Henry was the staple there. They were a run first and you get into the playoffs and then you kind of figure out some of your limitations, at least when Marcus Mariota was their starting quarterback with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. They were obviously able to do a little bit more and surprise a couple of teams there uh, that one year. But yeah, I did. Let me be the one to bring this up this week. So so Desmond Ritter, Marcus Mariota, because Marcus was on his way, I think, to having a pretty good game after bouncing back from a slow start. His first yeah. two drives were pretty ugly. What, zero yards, six, six plays or something like that. An one. interception in there. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, Kyle Pitts didn't help him at all with the drop no. on the very first play where he, I think, probably could have picked up like 20 yards after the catch and really gotten the Falcons offense going. But that interception at the in overtime was like for all intents and purposes should have been game ending. Yep. And I love it's the, the mistakes that he makes come at kind of the worst times. And they seem so glaring and, and huge. It's not just like he has a bad game where he's 11 of 24 for like 120 yards and no touchdowns or interception. It's like, Oh man, you, you turn the ball over right now, like right here. Yeah. That's when you did that. So, how do you balance that? How do you balance the good, the bad, and and then where does Desmond Ritter fit into it at this point in time for you? Yeah, I brought up Ritter last time. You bring it up every <laughs> time. We're going to bring him up every single game. Every but time. But it's going to be a waste of our breath because we're bringing him up and it's not going to change what Arthur Smith's going to do. Arthur Smith ain't a guy on the hot seat that has to make a quick decision and right. try to save his career and, and, you know, see if we can put a spark underneath this team. No, we're winning games. We're at the top of the division. And mm-hmm. as many mistakes as Marcus makes, it's just do you really want to go through that learning curve with Ritter right now when right. we could sneak into a playoffs, at least check a box and look really good for next year? 
No. And um, I, I, I hate that we can't, you know, like reset the, the Nintendo SNES uh, and, and <laughs> play a game with Marcus. What a All right, let's reset that. Let's play a game with Ritter and see what would happen different. It would be Blow great. on that cartridge, Ovi. You know, alternate universe, you know, we could have, uh, you know, Earth 102 and, and you know, see how Marcus <laughs> does in that game, how Ritter does that. That's not a reality that we can actually put into place. So we got to route Marcus. And yep. I, I think that with his limitations, uh, it, it is what the, what it is. And all they can do is try to, to, to rein him in, curtail that. That's why our run game is so strong. And um, I was talking to um, uh, the doctor that I brought with me for the game today, uh, a friend of mine. And uh, she was just like, you know, she knew football a lot, but she was just like, you know, uh, she's like, when, when you and Michael Turner were here, you know, uh, you run game, like what's the difference between the run game now? And I'm like, because I was like, run game now, they, they got cheaper uh, personnel. I was like, is it me and Mike? We're, <laughs> we're getting paid a lot. That was the highest paid fullbacks. We like the top five paid tailbacks. And we put money in, into that position. But I said, like, but here's the great thing. And I hate to say this as a running back. Running backs are dime a dozen. Because if you can mm-hmm. get Caleb Huntley and, and Avery and Algiers, and you're not paying them nothing special, but you're getting production. Then why would you go and get a Christian McCaffrey if you're like the offensive line and the scheme and how we're doing things is working? It just leaves more money for your glaring weaknesses. And I think mm-hmm. that is just the genius of Terry Fontenot. We've been talking about genius for a long time. It's it's slowly creeping in. It's genius is is slowly uh kind of integrating into who the Falcons are. And yeah. it, it's genius to have his genius. Save us millions of dollars and hats off to him. Again, I'm, I'm player first. I'm about guys getting their money. But right now, he's about you know finding the, uh, the bargain basement deals. He, he's found some. Do you want to say genius one more time? Genius. Uh, <laughs> I love him. Great game. So happy for him and this team getting the right guy. Love Dimitrov. Uh, nice guy. Made way too many uh, misses on O-line and D-line in the trenches where you win. And now we're starting to... Uh, do better traction, even though that we'll get to the defense later at D line. I'm like, what are you doing? It's it's, it's guys like <laughs> Derek Henry. You're making him look like he's an all star. Yeah. Gosh, standing up straight up, Eddie George in it. No one's knocking him out until maybe the end. They like, slow him down. So I was like, it was just, oh, yeah. We're man. we're gonna get to the to the yeah, defense here in 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 one second. But yeah, I want to stick with with the run game with the offensive line because yes. And and you were part of this, right? Because even though a fullback is technically out of the backfield receiving running all of that good stuff but you go in there to the hole and absolutely blow up a defender like that that is that is prime Ovi Mahaley right there correct I was asked you know uh, how the run game has continued its success without Cordero Patterson recently Mm -hmm. and basically the analogy that I made is like where is the engine in the car is it in the front of the car is it in the back of the car is it with the offensive line or is it with the running backs and I think with this team it's with the offensive line yeah. And I think when you played, Mike was a, an amazing running back and he did so much at the second level. But that mm-hmm. is where a running back, that is where a ball carrier like really makes their presence felt is once you get past the trenches. Everything yeah. in the trenches that the Falcons have done so well, I, like you got to credit the offensive line. Chris Lindstrom, Caleb McGarry, I think they've played, you know, pretty well for the most part. Jake Matthews has been rock solid this year. Like all of those guys up front have have been awesome and that is why i think you're able to see 
somebody like Caleb Huntley step in there, somebody like Tyler Algier step in there and and really be effective kind of no matter who's back there. And and same with yeah. Marcus. I thought I thought Marcus's pocket presence was borderline elite today. Like he didn't have yeah. a great game, but I thought he sensed pressure and and really yeah. read off of his offensive line really really effectively. So I, I credit that part of the infrastructure of this offense. The offensive line the run game, like that is all working. It's it's just, yeah, the passing game is is not there yet. But Caleb Huntley, I mean, how, how do you think he played? Like, is this, because he's kind of been one of the biggest surprises, I think, this yes. season. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always rooting for the underdogs. I, I like the little guys, you know, getting, getting wins. And um, I'm a Caleb Huntley fan. It's because you, you see him, um, you know, post game and <clears throat> you look back and see like where he came from. He wasn't supposed to be here. He wasn't supposed to be this guy. And <laughs> he, he's enjoying the experience. And all you can do is like, I got nothing to lose. Like, I got to yeah. play loose. I got to enjoy it. Shoot, I'm going to go out there and play. It's like, it's my last game of football ever. And hair on fire, out there driving his legs like pistons. And uh, just, just playing football because it's a fun game. And when you uh, play it and you're not so worried about you know if I mess up, this could be you know my last game, my last chance. You you, you do better, and he looks like he's having fun. So I, I I love what he's doing. I think it's great. Uh, as far as the offensive line, I remember a uh, a couple of articles and some pictures that were showing uh, Chris Lindstrom, Kale McGarry when they came in, and they were like freaking uh, uh, like Thor, Viking, Icelandic. Uh, Dude, I was there that day when they yeah, when they, they brought them guys, in. I don't know if they did some extra push-ups before, before they came out, but they were just walking around like, dang, those, them yeah. boys been, you know, eating their protein shakes or something. And I was like, you know what? They they taking this seriously. It's it everyone <laughs> works out in the offseason. You got to work out in the offseason. But some people work out in the offseason. I remember um, my, uh, um, my Pro Bowl season, I was just tired of being really good and really close and, you know, being second and third fullback while I watched Mike go again and Roddy go again and, I see some sorry A fullback that just has a great tailback make it above me. I said, you know what? I am going to make it glaringly clear that I am the best hands down. We have the NFC in the whole darn league. And so my workout regimen every single day, I just thought about, oh, he ain't going to outwork me. There's some fullback somewhere else I can outwork. And there's a linebacker trying to outwork. Ain't going to happen. And I did everything that I could do to uh, the kettlebells and the one leg this and I even stopped eating fast food. I, I didn't touch a soda. I was like, like serious. All the, the legal supplements I can get, the, the, the B12s and the fish oils, I was on it. And I feel like those boys, you know, were on the same level of mindset that, you no, know, this year ain't going to be us. They're not going to be talking <laughs> about we're the ones holding the team back. We're going to be out here, the ones that are hopefully pushing the team forward. And they and the whole offensive line made a pact or something, but they prepared. And I love seeing the uh, the fruits of, of all the work they put in and see the results of all the time they put in together because it's it's showing. This isn't an accident. This isn't something that happened by happenstance. And it's hard for, for fans to really understand that because they see it Sunday. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is great. No, this is the result of lots and lots of preparation, lots of work, lots of time put into their craft. And uh, it, it's good to see them get some, uh, you know, some accolades and some recognition for what they've been doing because it's, it's, it's work. 
It absolutely is. And I absolutely love the idea of you just sitting there training like a Rocky montage, looking at a picture of John Kuhn on the wall (laughs) and being like, if he goes to the Pro Bowl one more time over me. Oh, my God. Don't don't get me started. Yeah, I love Kuhn. Like, you know, he was great. But I was like, come on, man. Me. I got this. I would watch Bill. I was like, he only pushed that guy like, Two yards off the off the ball. I'm knocking guys <laughs> five yards and put them in the dirt and talking trash and make a big noise about it so everyone sees me because no one's watching. The camera's not watching the fullback. When I put someone in the dirt, I want to make sure everyone knows. I'm like, ah, <laughs> look at me, look, I did this for Michael. So it, it oh, he's, oh, he's just like, I haven't had a Big Mac in six months. Yeah, put me in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> that's, that's you know, little irritation, annoyance. let's let's talk about the defense um they have started making plays or they they had i should say they had started making plays to win games now the last two games they have been making plays to lose games and it's it's troubling uh on the one hand the injuries are certainly a factor in the secondary especially um but the run defense was horrible today and it's been mostly pretty decent throughout the year. Today it was just not up to, to snuff. I mean, what do you see from them on that side of the ball, especially there being in person when you can kind of get the whole picture of the of the field that we don't get yeah. on television? That was great. Uh, I did not even have to watch the big screen. I could just look down and see them <laughs> on the 45-yard line, almost in the center. I could just sit there and watch, and I watched what the cameras don't usually show, which is, What's going on in the trenches? Like, let's. What's going on? You know, with the the big guy, I can see uh, Grady getting double teamed over and over and over, mm. and they were just moving our D line again. You, you just watch, kind of take a, a a step back and kind of watch the jersey colors to see what's moving yep. and, and how the, the the ebb and flow is going. And we were getting pushed back almost every single time. We were on skates. We were not uh, given a, a United – a couple of times we did, but on a consistent basis, they were moving us. And it wasn't something mm-hmm. that I'm used to because we've been fairly decent against the run. We've been holding teams that I thought would run all over us uh, to to uh, pretty good numbers. Yeah. And now, like I mentioned, the, the man looked like he was Eddie George. He looked like he was Derrick Henry. He like Their tailback was just running just chest all out. Just threw our guy. And I was just like, hit him. Everyone was like, hit him. He just ping-ponging and falling forward. So uh, I, I, I don't know what it was. Maybe they, we were getting tired. But it, it wasn't a uh, a defensive effort that could win playoff games. We already know not no. championships. But we can barely win this game. Because it, it, that, along with what our DBs were doing, we get the injuries. It was just... Defense, you're looking at it with one eye open, like, what's going to happen? Are they going to keep on getting four or five yards on first down? Are they going to stay ahead of the chains? Are we going to ever stop them? But, uh, you know, we had a couple of timely plays that allowed us to get them off the field and give us a chance to win. But it, it, doing this every game, letting uh, a team score, I don't know, 30 something point, that, that 34, doesn't yeah. Games. No. It doesn't. And they're the Panthers. Like, this isn't like. <laughs> The high-powered right. offense of uh, Joe Burrow. This is, again, the Panthers. I the Christian like, McCaffrey-less Panthers. Like, they that, don't even that, have Christian McCaffrey. That part. <laughs> that part. Like, the Panthers are like, ooh, we, had, we won this trade. We got rid of Christian, yeah. and we still got a, a run game. It's like that. 
ooh, wait, yeah, we we doing something right. No, we, we got to do better than this. <laughs> yeah, Deon- Deontay Foreman, uh, former Arthur Smith, you know, favorite, was with him in Tennessee, was here in Atlanta. Uh, yeah. He had 26 carries, 118 yards, three touchdowns. Um, DJ Moore, 152 receiving yards in the touchdown. I, you know, looking at kind of like the overall stats, Carolina's offense had a, a huge day. I mean, 23 first downs, two more than Atlanta had, 478 total yards. They ran 73 offensive plays and averaged six and a half yards per play. They had one less turnover, one fewer turnover, I should say, than the Falcons. And yet the Falcons still ended up winning the game. And that yeah. is because, and you mentioned the defense not having a great day, but doing enough of the the kind of like swing plays to really put them in a position to win this game. None was bigger than Lorenzo Carter's 28-yard uh, pick six. I think Huge. that that was the play of the game. Huge. Um, you know, I, you know, I, like, obviously, Young Way Koo's game-winning kick is like the play of the game and all that stuff. But like, if he doesn't make that play, they, they don't it's win over. this game. And no. I think Lorenzo Carter's had a pretty solid season throughout the year, if, if a little bit under the radar. It was awesome to see him get his first career touchdown in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the state of Georgia in front of the fans. Like, that was great. How loud did the stadium get in that moment? Oh, it got loud. It got loud. It wasn't a full stadium, but we, we tried to... It didn't look like full. It. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was the Panthers huh. and the Falcons. And, ugh, no no. I-85 rivalry, man. Come on. Yeah, get there. Show up, fans. Really. They're not as rivalry-ish as the Saints. I know. They're so not. fans didn't turn out like they uh, should have. But um, but no, it was still loud in there. We actually got them uh, offsides, a false start, like two or three times. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> well, my voice is a little bit, <clears throat> you know, I'm coughing, clear my throat. I realized I've been yelling for hours on end trying to get uh, a <laughs> – I was just like – I saw my, my man Keith Smith, the fullback out there. I showed him. that It must be like a, a, a role. Camera guy finds a fullback. And he's always on some stairs, on some benches, mm-hmm. doing that. That was my job. Towel in one hand. Yep. And uh, sometimes I gotta help him out. But yeah, let's go. Third down. Get loud. <clears throat> it's it's a lot of work. Somebody has to do it. But no, yeah. defense defense was um, it, it stepped up when it needed to. It absolutely did. And uh, those, those key plays they they happened on a team where. We we missed those type of plays all last year, and now we're getting them. You know, it spurts here, there. Again, we're looking for consistency, but even this is better than what we had before. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. Because again, like the Falcons' defense previously, for the most part, was making kind of plays to lose games and and yes. not plays to win games. So even though the effort by and large was not up to standard you made the plays to win the games. And that was the difference uh, today. And and I think that that's kind of been the story of this, this Falcons team is like for as much as we can say that the run game is their identity. They're, they're not like an imposing team in any way, shape or form. Like they, they don't only the 49ers game is, is kind of the one time that they yeah. really did kind of, Dominant. well, I guess the first three quarters of the the saints game, but week one is always a little bit dicey. And then you can't give them credit for that because of the way the fourth quarter went. But it, you know, it's like this team knows what it is, but what it is is going to be in a lot of close competitive games, kind of no matter who the other team is. And I really did not want them to play down to the talent level of Carolina. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure if they did that, if it's they played down or if this is just their talent level. 
Or, or are the Panthers much better than what we thought? Because they did beat the Bucks last week. And that, I'm just having trouble computing that. I didn't watch that whole game beginning to end. <laughs> but just watching a Tom Brady-led team lose to the Panthers made me think either Tom Brady's just losing it and Vita Bay and that whole crew is like, yeah, one, two, three, Cancun. Um, or <laughs> Panthers are like, okay, they got rid of our coach. Let's Let's go. Let's ride. You know, I, I don't know what's going on, but um, I, I do know I'm happy we got this W because it just feels good to have double the amount of wins that we were projected to win to have all season. So I guess now oh, yeah. we're gonna lose the rest of the games and call it a, call it a season. But, uh, but no, they were they were so wrong about us. They were wrong. Yeah, and that is that is the other reaction I have to this. Right, for as much as you and I have sat here and kind of been like, a win is a win is a win. We're, we'll take the yes. win, all of that good stuff, but. Mm-hmm. It didn't look good. There's concerns. All of that stuff that we just spent 30 minutes talking about. The flip side is, look, we were supposed to be two and 15. This team was in, <laughs> supposed to be yeah. in contention for the first overall pick. Yeah, they got to win. They're four and four. They're in first place in the NFC South. Who cares how it looks? Next week's a new week. Let's let's get back to who work and, and do that. Who are we playing? Uh, who are we playing? That would be the Los Angeles Chargers who had a bye this week. Uh, the Falcons will get a little bit of a chance at redemption, I guess, against an AFC you know, Hollywood style team. They just got blown yeah. out by the the Bengals who, you know, East Coast, but they're Hollywood-ish, you know, I would I would say. And then, yeah, the Chargers, they will be without Mike Williams, which is uh, fortunate. But again, a bye week ahead of a, a matchup, that's always going to be tough. They've yeah. got the extra time to prepare, uh, all of that good stuff. So the Falcons have their work cut out for them. That being said, the win today definitely helps on that front. If you're going to lose a game, an AFC team is is not the worst, and then they get to bounce back uh, with another game against the Panthers the week after that. So it's yeah. it's a little bit of a of a Chargers sandwich here for the um, Falcons. We're going to get out of here uh, in just a second, Ovi. But I did so instead of some game balls today, I wanted to do in honor of Halloween just some some game candy bars sure. and uh, hand out hand out some candies. So the three the three obvious picks: Caleb Huntley. He gets a king size Snickers. All right. Yep. It's, it's a it's a premium candy bar right mm-hmm. here. It has everything kind of like Caleb Huntley did today. You know, packs yep. a punch. You got the you got the nougat in there, but you also got some peanuts. You got really filling stuff. Robust. And, you know, yeah. he's just so satisfying. Right. So <laughs> Caleb Huntley, you get a uh, you get a king size Snickers. Young Way Koo gets one. Yeah. He gets uh, some Halloween themed Kit Kats. I'm talking orange chocolate over here. Kit Kats yeah. are such an underrated candy, uh, in my opinion. They're they're so quality and just like Young Lake Koo, never mm-hmm. go wrong. Um, and then finally, Kyle Pitts gets a Mr. Good Bar, which is also a very underrated candy. But this one comes with a with a little bit of a of an asterisk because I need Kyle Pitts to be Mr. Great Bar moving forward. I was forward. just thinking about that. It's- he's just he's just been he's just he was good today. But I need yeah. him to be great. I need him to take over some games. What, yeah. what do you think about that, Ovi? I would love for him to be Mr. Great Bar. Uh, he, he's he's got the ability to do so, uh, and we're we're kind of waiting for it. But he needs the ball thrown in his direction to be anything. And so we're getting better than what we were before. When people are saying like, "Wait, where are the targets?" Like, is it? It would have been fun last uh, you know, last couple of weeks. Uh, are they ghosts? This spooky season? Like, are these guys like disappearing? Like. We didn't know what was going on with Drake and Kyle, and, and it's just the targets were so low. They're getting better. 
he's he's hearing us. He's watching the podcast. He's he's doing what we tell him to do. And that's <laughs> come on the thing. podcast, Kyle. Yeah, but but Kyle needs to go full on like you know Tony Gonzalez, like full on like you know some of these uh, these great tight ends in the history of the game. He can be that. I can be a Hall of Fame tight end, but he can't do anything if we don't at least give him opportunity to. Because I feel like he's ready to to take all that mantle and put on the cape and and uh, make it happen. Funny thing is, during the game, they had Young Way Koo figure out uh, his best uh, um, uh, candies, Halloween candies. And it nice. came down to uh, Reese's, and it came down to uh, the one you say, it was a Kit Kat? Kit Kat, yeah. Yes, yeah, uh, Reese's and Kit Kat. And he chose uh, Reese's. Oh, no. Yeah, I know, right? Damn. Yeah, but it, it, the Kit Kat made it all the way up to the end. So, you know, you're, well, you're almost there. Almost. I, I actually was debating between Kit Kat and Reese's, so that's... That's hilarious. I know, I know my kickers, you know, yes. uh, cornering the coup market. Um, anything else we should mention from this game, Obi? It's it. It's a win, like we said, but I think it leaves us with a lot more maybe questions than answers. It, it, it does. And, and uh, it probably is Ritter with more questions than answers as well. Desmond is like, I'm ready when y'all need me. I'm going to be here. There was a moment, honestly, after the second offensive. I was like, if it stays like this for the whole first half, like. Uh, is there a chance? I mean, I, I don't think that that would have happened, but no. yeah, it, it popped in my head. The only thing that could happen, and I don't want it to happen, is if there is an injury, a uh, right. will get in there. That's the only way he's getting there this season. And again, I don't want... Marcus really? This season? Whole season? Uh, is that yeah. that the way? Because you just think the Falcons are going to be in the mix for the rest of the year? I mean, absolutely. I, I feel like, because again, we did decent with the tough games, and we put... Yes the easier games we're having. I'm hoping that we get better. We get more comfortable in our skin. And again, we're getting some guys back. Exactly. If we are doing this with our backups, we get our starters back in AJ Terrell and and get, you know, some uh, uh, Cordero Patterson. I feel like we can compete with some of these, you know, so-so teams because we're a so-so team that can surprise you. (laughs) I, I feel good about our chances to again sneak into the playoffs don't have any expectations, but once we get there, who knows? I know we're going to lose, but, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it'll be fun to get there. Yeah. Hey, why not us? Why not yeah. us? Right. Why so let me do uh, the, the next five games before Atlanta's bye week, week 14. God, that's such a late bye. Um, yeah. Chargers next week at Carolina Panthers Thursday night football home against the Chicago Bears on the road against Washington and then home against Pittsburgh. Those are so winnable. I mean, the Chargers game going to be tough. They're still talented. That defense, Khalil Mack, yeah. uh, Joey Bosa, like insane or Nick Bosa. Um, but Panthers, you just beat, albeit in much closer fashion than maybe it should have been. Yeah. The Bears haven't been great, although Justin Fields look better today. Washington, uh, interesting team. Uh, feels like they're more talented than their their record would suggest. And then Pittsburgh. Who the heck knows uh, what what's going on over there? So I, I mean, there there's winnable games here, and then if you go into the bye week in the mix, right? They're four and four if they go into the bye yeah. week at you know seven and and five, seven and six, even like yeah, Desmond Ritter is not not getting the bye week to prep. Like nope, not at all, not at all. <laughs> so yeah, he, he's uh, sitting there like oh shucks, guys, I'm here if you need me, so um, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I'm loving where we're at, loving where we're going. I think it's going to be a fun season. Heck yeah, and we'll be here for all of it. So please let everybody know where they can find us, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, please 
rate review. I saw a bunch of five star ratings, Ovi. People are, are enjoying the podcast. So thank you guys so okay. much for uh, for listening. If you want to drop us a line, uh, you can on Twitter at Ovi Mahaley 34 at Will McFadden uh, or shoot us an email. Believe in Falcons at gmail.com. That is B-L-E-A-V. Uh, today's podcast is presented by Bet Online, as always. All right, the Falcons are four and four. They are officially in first place in the NFC South. That is not something I thought I would be saying the day before nope. Halloween, but here we are. And it's going to be a fun ride, Ovi, and I'm excited to do the rest of it with you. Sounds great. All right, everybody. We will see you next time. Until then, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.